Okay. Uh oh, it's that time. It's that time. You may be in your car, you may be at home, you may be on your job, but you came back to see EXO Sports Talk Radio. We are the hottest sport show in the land. Tune in every week, EXO Sports Talk. We got the hottest news in the sports land right here at EXO Sports Talk Live. What's up, fellas? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, bro? What's How's everything? On? What's going on? How's that? Hello, everybody out there. Good to see you. What's up, everybody? Definitely. <laughs> Malcolm, talk to us. Malcolm, talk to us. We would love to thank all the viewers and subscribers that's tuning in to Exo Sports Talk Radio. And of course, this podcast. You know, thank you very much for tuning in. Tell a friend, tell a family member. Please continue to spread the word about Exo Sports Talk. And we appreciate you very much so. And keep subscribing and make sure you tell others to uh, hit the uh, like button. Also hit the uh, subscribe button and the uh, bell to keep it going. But thank you again, everyone. Thank you, everybody. All the fans, all the fans. We appreciate you. We do it all for them. That's it? it. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Well... We got a no-hitter in baseball. We have the NFC South, AFC South, that we're going to be bringing to you. And we've got the classic, the Prefontaine Classic, this Saturday in Oregon. Oh, yeah. Shakira Richardson. Back. (laughs) She's back. (laughs) Definitely. Ready, ladies. She ready. She ready. But Olympics first, part two. Yep. <laughs> but first, we're going to start off with the Field of Dreams game: New York Yankees and the Chicago White Sox. Is the Field of Dreams good for baseball or bad for baseball, Malcolm? I think it's great for baseball. I mean, I had chills when I seen the guys coming out the cornfield, Big Judge and all those guys walking up the cornfield. They did like they did in the movie scenes you know, from Field of Dreams. And I thought Major League Baseball did a great job of setting the whole thing up, the way they had the camera angles, they had the drawings up in the sky, you know, doing all the, you know, the camera check and everything. And they were showing the, you know, aerial view, which was excellent, you know. And the game was a great game also, although my Yankees lost. But I'll take it, you know, they, it was great for baseball. It was great for baseball. So no matter what. MLB did a great job with that. And if I'm not mistaken, next year game will probably be the Chicago Cubs versus the Cincinnati Reds, if I'm not mistaken, for next year when they do the Field of Dream. But I thought it was awesome. Yes, it's definitely good for baseball. Good. And how about you, Terry? I thought it was it was good. Um, you know, good for baseball purists, too. I mean, uh, you had a lot. A lot of, like Malcolm said, you had to fill the dreams. They had, you had the players coming out the cornfield. There were a lot of, like, um, first for uh, the, the state of Iowa. Um, I think it was Jose Abreu hit the, the first ever major league home run in the state of Iowa. So that, that was big. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it was a good game. So that made it, you know, really interesting for the fans. Uh, I think the final score was like nine, eight. I think there were like a total of eight home runs hit. So it was exciting. Um, and I just think it, it's, it's good because it's a good, I think that field will turn out to be a good attraction for fans to come and see. Uh, I think it's not the original field, um, field of dreams field. It's this field is like 500 feet away from that, the movie set actually. So um, I think it's a good tourist attraction. Um, I think right now they only seat like 7,000 fans in that uh, stadium, but I like to see them maybe have an all-star game there, you know, do some construction and get an all-star game, get the players coming out the cornfields during the all-star game. I think it holds 9,000, T. 9,000? Okay. 9, okay. Yeah. Emerson. Well, listen, I um, first of all, I, I think um, every fan that attends that game should get an ear of corn, some roasted corn. <laughs> I think they should have uh, roasted corn for every fan in the stand. And I think the players should walk out on the field with um, an ear of corn, uh, make sure they have a lot of good butter on it and, you know, um, salt and pepper and I think that'll help them um, play even better. Um, but all in all, I think it was a great game. Um, I mean, come on, you're in the middle of the cornfield and, you know, it gave something for the fans to be excited about. I think MLB needed a little jolt to um, bring their ratings back. And um, I, I think it's excellent. I, I look forward to for the game next year with uh, Cincinnati and Chicago um, with the Cubs. Yeah, so let's, let's, let's do it. MLB, great job. And like Malcolm said, they did a great job there. Um, the promotion was good. The reviews were good for the game. Uh, but they got to get that corn for every fan. I mean, everybody should have some corn in the cob. I love corn in the cob. I don't know what to say to that. Uh, Brian. <laughs> I don't even know how to come back after that. <laughs> yeah, they can just walk out there and get the corn. You worry about the fans getting corn? some corned beef hash right in his face. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, uh, initially, I was reserved about it. I had my doubts. Um, I didn't understand the concept of it. And I didn't watch the movie. So that's something I need to do. But after the event was over, I, I have to change my statement. Um, I thought it was good for baseball. It was a good change of atmosphere, venture uh, for the players, fans, and for us to see. So I, I think they should continue it and um, keep it going that way. And I know Malcolm said they was having the next one next year. Uh, next year, where's it going to be at? In Cincinnati? Same place. Or? Same place. Same place? Same okay. place, but the two teams are going to come there, the Cincinnati Reds there? and the uh, and the Chicago Cubs. So I, I, I definitely look forward to it. Um, and maybe baseball uh, expand that. And I, I talked to Aaron about this briefly. I was like, maybe they should try and do that with one of the old Negro League's um, um, uh, ventures and, and, draw, and build a field there. And that would be something for them to look into. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Free corn. I was I, the corn again. Um, I was a little mixed about the game. But as I begin to think about it more, it's not for my generation or the older generation. 
but for the younger kids. Hmm. So the younger kids are going to, they are the first ones to see this game, yeah. the field of dreams game. Mm -hmm. So they have something that they can say, Hey, I remember when I was a little boy, I saw the first field of dreams game between the New York Yankees and the Chicago uh, White Sox. Mm -hmm. So they have something to pass on to their kids. So, yes, it is good for baseball. And as far as um, expanding the field, no. Keep it nice. Keep it simple. Don't add on more where that is, is now just a ka-ching. Hmm. Let it be where that you're still keeping a little bit of wholesome to it. But that said, when the Yankees lost, I was ready to burn down the whole whole <laughs> cornfield. I, I could care less. I was like, well, they can burn it all down and then they can grow it again next year. Listen, now, now, if you did that, you have a big cornfield of popcorn. <laughs> I mean, I, I like corn on the cob. It seems to me like you like popcorn. So, um, what, what are we gonna do here? Corn on the cob or popcorn? You know, make up, make up your mind for me, huh? Make up my mind for me. Huh? Free popcorn, Terry. <laughs> please help me here. Um, Exo Sports would like to give a big congratulations to uh, Tyler Gilbert. Uh, for throwing a no-hitter in his uh, first career start um, and uh, beating the Padres in doing so. Um, this young man is 27 years old. Uh, he's one of four pitchers uh, to throw a no-hitter in his first major league start. Uh, the three other pitchers were Bumpus Jones of the Cincinnati Reds, um, and he did it in 1892. And then the other pitcher was Ted Breitenstein for the St. Louis Browns back in 1891. And then the fourth pitcher was Bobo Holloman for the St. Louis Browns in 1953. Uh, just a little background um, on Tyler Gilbert. He was selected by the Phillies in the sixth round in the 2015 draft. And, um, he got traded to uh, the AAA Dodgers team uh, yeah. last year in February. Yes, he did. And, um, due to because of the pandemic, it he wasn't allowed to pitch. And the Dodgers they had an opportunity to bring him back um, this year, but they decided not to. So the Diamondbacks picked him up, and um, they convinced him to try starting. And um, he hadn't done that since uh, I think his minor league days back in 2016. Um, so, I mean, it's just an amazing story. And prior to getting picked up by the Diamondbacks, he was working, uh, alongside his father doing some elect electrician work. So, um, it's just Great an amazing story. story and it, you know, Great just, story. Show. you always have to be ready. Cause you never know when it's your time to get called, okay. do something. Great great. So, That's a field of dreams story right there. Yes, That's sir. Hard work pays <laughs> off. This was a great story. Yeah. It's a great story. And I, you know, I, I think, you know, 
what made it really special he did it against the Padres. The Padres, I I believe mm-hmm. they have they're like in the top ten in uh team batting average. Yes, they're crushing yes. the ball. Yeah, yes. they're crushing the ball. Yes. Again, congratulations to him. Um, and uh hope to see stuff from him. Congratulations. Good yeah. job, man. Congrats. Congratulations, job, Tyler. Tyler Gilbert. That's a that's a movie right there. It is. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. elite company to be in because yeah. there ain't many people on that list. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> Guys, yeah. What MLB team are you keeping your eyes on for the homecoming stretch? Emerson. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> I love LA. Get them out the way. I love LA. <laughs> the Dodgers. Come on. Uh, We're going to take it. We're going to win it. We're going to do what we do all the time. Here we come, them Dodgers. Watch out. I'm sorry. Did I say the L.A. Dodgers? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, my Dodgers, huh? <laughs> Watch out. They're coming. That's uh, all. Well, your Dodgers are three and a half games back, so. Don't you worry, my friend. You stay tuned, my friend. They're coming at you. Here they come. Here they come. And yeah. there we go. Malcolm. <laughs> oh, there's no doubt. It, this one's too easy. The New York Yankees, uh-huh. who right now have the best record in the second <laughs> half of baseball after the All-Star break, they're killing it. That trade was awesome. And not only that, we're still winning during this COVID. Like, nine of my players had COVID-19, and they're still coming back winning. These young kids are coming up playing great ball. The key was to balance the lineup. Once you're too right-handed, it hurts. It hurts. You, you know, it's easy for the opposing manager to pitch to you. But once you got, you know, left, right, left, right, left, right, and you got a balanced lineup, it hurts. It makes him make moves he don't want to make. Exactly. They just swept the Boston Red Sox. Let me say it again: swept the Boston Red Sox and yeah, caught them and yeah, passed them yeah. for the number one seed in the wild card right now. But they ain't finished. They ain't going for the wild card. They going for the division. It's going, to be a, it's going to be work to get to it, but they're going to try to go get it because Tampa Bay is a very good team. But I got I can see them coming down to earth, too. Like you said, uh, the Yankees right now playing great baseball. They're pitching well. The bullpen is suspect right now because they got little hiccups here and there. But I'm going to tell you right now, look out for them Yankees. Right now, don't nobody want to face them. The Yankees, especially the L.A. Dodgers. <laughs> Please, they got to get past San Francisco. So I ain't worried about them. But my point is, the New York Yankees. Go Yankees. Terry. Um, well, I hate to say it, but all you Yankee haters out there, uh, here comes that evil empire again. Um, <laughs> I, I'm watching them. I'm keeping my eye on them. Uh, probably like three weeks ago, or maybe close to a month now, when they made the trade for Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo, I just figured, okay, they're just trying to pick some people up for next year, and the, and the season's pretty much over for them. But um, they're starting to turn it around, and, you know, it seems like in baseball, as long as you can kind of play decent the first four months of the season, the last two months of the season, anything can happen down the stretch. And, you know, like Malcolm said, they're hot right now. They're like um, – 15 and five in their past 20 games. Uh, They haven't lost a series since they lost to the Red Sox 
um, back in July, the end of July. So, and they met, they creeped up in both the AL East race um, where they're in, I think they're in second place behind uh, the, the yes, Tampa, yes. Tampa Bay Rays. And uh, what are they like five games out now at this yes. point? And then they, they took over the first spot in the wild card race. Um, they moved past the Red Sox. And then I think they're ahead of Oakland in first place in the wild card by one game. So I'm watching them. I hate to say it, but I am. It ain't how you start. It's how you finish. Remember that. <laughs> it ain't. <laughs> Brian. Well, good thing is I'll have to say the Yankees because these guys cover that. And that just takes the load off my shoulders because I can't stand the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I remember at All-Star break, we had a, uh, a show where we talked about what teams we thought did good at the trade deadline. And I picked the Atlanta Braves and they was in third place at that time. And I liked all the additions that they brought in, the outfielders, picked up a couple yes. of pitchers. And now they're in first place. Uh, yeah. they were, <laughs> the Mets fell down to third place, um, who was in first at that time. Yeah. But... Atlanta, I like the way they've been playing. Even when we talked about that, the recipe that I thought looked good to me was when on their away games, they were still playing 500 ball. And if you can win 500 ball away and be on the positive side on your home games, it's a recipe for winning. And that's what they did. And out of their last 10 games, they're they're nine out of nine out of 10. So they are on a nice little streak. Right now, um, we'll see if the Mets, who are currently in third, if they can bounce back and recover. I don't think they will. So we'll see. But Atlanta is the team, and that's why I originally went with. How about that? <laughs> well, you have uh, the Mets are four and a half back and mm-hmm. in third, and the Phillies are in second, four games back. Mm-hmm. The... Uh, the team that I have my eyes on is the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. The Tampa Bay Devil Rays strike out the most in baseball, but they have some of the best pitching. They have guys that can dial it up into the mid and high 90s. And I've said this before, that was the team – I think that would probably win the division because of their pitching. But the Yankees pitchers have stepped stepped up. And their pitching has kept them in the games. So it's it's going to be an interesting run coming down the stretch can the yankees pitching hold up just like tampa bay's pitching because tampa bay's pitching did it last year now can the yankees pitching hold up so that's who i got my eyes on i think the mets owner he's ready to fire everybody even Bobby Bonilla. Yeah, he's ready to fire. Boy, the Mets were flying high, weren't they? Yeah, he's ready to fire everybody. I mean, mm-hmm. they want to fire the guy in the parking lot. 
guy that makes the, <laughs> the hot park lot attendant. They're, they're ready to fire everybody. You know? Okay. Uh, now, starting with Emerson, do you think the owner for the Mets should stay silent or be more vocal? Listen, I just spent how many billions of dollars <laughs> to purchase this team? And you think I'm going to be quiet? <laughs> you got another thing coming. I can't understand why a professional baseball player can't hit the ball. <laughs> that was his tweet. I didn't say it. That was his tweet. <laughs> Listen, uh... he's upset. <laughs> he's disappointed in his investment. Any billionaire or millionaire, when they lose money or things aren't going the way they're supposed to, they're not happy. I'm not a millionaire or a billionaire one day, hopefully, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but listen, you make a major investment like that, you want to see production. You want to see production. Everyone wants a return on their investment. And um, right now, um, he's not seeing that production on the field. And um, I think he's a little hot around the collar right now. Mm. Well, we shall see. Yeah, we yeah. shall see. You know, it was a little humid here in Connecticut. But we're almost a couple of months away before the fall is in the air. Mm -hmm. Football will be starting next month. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So let's start it off the AFC South. <laughs> Tennessee Titans. Terry, what do you see from them? Um, well, I mean, they 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 have a, a good future, bright future. Um, if everyone can stay healthy, I mean, they to me they probably made the the best deal this off season of any team. They they picked up Julio Jones. Um, you know, Tan Ryan Tannehill went, I believe, what like eleven and five as a starter last year threw for like 3,800 yards, 33 touchdowns. Um, and, you know, everybody knows the offense is going to run through Henry, but adding Julio Jones, you got um, AJ, AJ Brown on the other side. Um, this will probably be, in my opinion, the best weapons he's had in his whole career. So uh, I, I think this Tennessee team is ready to make some noise. Um, they'll, They'll be challenging. I, I feel like they're going to be challenging the, the Kansas cities of the league, but we'll just have to see. Again, everybody has to stay healthy. And if they, if they can, they're going to be a problem. Oh, yeah. Malcolm, Tennessee Titans. Oh, uh, no doubt. They got, to me, I think they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. They got a 2,000 yard runner. Okay. And not one of them made it to the Pro Bowl. Really? Not one. I mean, please. I mean, it's, it's they, they they do well as a team. They do well, you know, as far as Tannehill. Tannehill doesn't scare me, but he's a game manager. He does his job. You know what I mean? And he's got that A.J. Brown. That kid is awesome. That dude, he's a great receiver. Along, like you said, along with Julio, who's just going to get the double team away from him. And if he opens up that box for that, for that beast they got in that backfield, that man child, that guy that just runs people over and just pushes them in the face and go 
get out of my way. You know, like he did to Norman. Yeah. They, the defense is, is, is good. They had no pass rush last year. They probably improving on that, but they had a solid, okay defense, but I see Tennessee doing work to me. I think they might win that division myself. It's going to be tough though. Emerson. Listen, Derrick Henry is the happiest man in Tennessee right now. When they made that offseason acquisition of Julio Jones to go along with an already, uh, I think, uh, a, a superstar in the making in um, Brown on the other side at wide receiver. And uh, like Malcolm just stated, uh, Tannehill is a, is a great uh, game manager and he can get the job done. I think all alert should be on the Tennessee Titans this year. And I think teams are going to know who they are if you don't already know. Um, so beware of the Tennessee Titans because they're coming. Watch out. And they, they've added some pieces on defense, too. So to go along with that offense that they uh, have solidified um, with the addition of Julio Jones, they have some good pieces on that defense that I think are going to wreak havoc this year. So be aware of the Tennessee Titans. When you come in to play them, you better bring your A game. Okay. Terry? Talking about the Titans or yes, no, that'd be me. I'm sorry, Brian. So, uh, I, as Malcolm said, I think they will win this the division. Uh, I think they will take out uh, Indy. Uh, I see that would be the only team that will probably push them, but they they addressed everything that they needed. They was already good um, defensively. They improved getting Bud, uh, the kid yeah. they draft from Miami on the other end. Mm-hmm. So defensively, I see them being a little more stout. People thought their defensive backs weren't that good, but I thought the pass rush lot to kind of expose that secondary. So yes. now you got that. You got Henry. We got Julio Jones with Brown to open up the box, as Malcolm said. Uh, I can just see him running like Earl Campbell now because it's going to be so spread open. But Tannehill just got to manage the game. Don't blow the game. Do what he's been doing. And I think they're going to be good. And I think they will win the division. I, I feel that um, their offense is going to be good. I don't know about their defense. They did pick up Bud Dupree. I, as we know, Bud Dupree is coming off of ACL surgery. So is it going to take him four games to get up to speed with his knee? But that's going to be the big issue. Can Tennessee get a pass rush going? Because last year, they could not get a pass rush going. And if you cannot get a pass rush going, That means the other team's got the football. And it doesn't matter who you have as a quarterback, who you have as a running back, if they're on the sidelines. So let's see what happens. Terry, Indianapolis Colts. Well, it's, in my opinion, this is, it's all on the health of uh, Carlson Wentz. Carson Wentz, because right now, I mean, their defense was ready last year. Um, they're ready this year. 
if that offense, if, if Wentz, I mean, right now he's injured, they're projecting him to come back week one after his surgery um, on his foot. I don't, I don't know if that's fluff or, you know, if it's a real prediction, but if he can come back and stay healthy um, and the old line can stay healthy, um, they, they have a, they'll have a decent offense to go along with that, that defense. Um, the rookie running back, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he, he was big last year as a rookie. Um, he had like 1,100 yards, 11 touchdowns in his first season. Um, I think he's going to be even better uh, this year. And, you know, they, they re-signed T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I think that was big for them. And um, the, I, I think if it all depends on the health of Wentz and that O-line, how their season shapes up. Malcolm? Carson Wentz was never a threat to me. To me, they were maybe second or third place in the league. They got a good defense, a very good defense. They got another great offensive line because that running back, like he said, my man, he's pretty good, you know. The running back, they got a uh, – he's, 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 he's a good baller. And um, Carson Wentz is just somebody who always loses his job. To me, he he's just an injury away from saying, you know, I don't want to play no more. <laughs> you know, because every time you turn around, he's just injury prone. And he doesn't get the job done. He forces interceptions. I guess Frank Reich's supposed to be the messiah that, that basically helps him come back to uh, obscurity, if you want to say that, you know, to make sure he's, he's relevant again, which he's ah, not to me. And why do you think Philadelphia got rid of him? And Philadelphia is still paying about $60 million of his contract. So they got him for nothing. So they might as well try him. Like I said, it's basically the Titans' division to lose. Mm. Emerson. Well, listen, not, not only did they lose uh, Carson Wentz, they lost their all-pro offensive guard, I yes, think, they who is, is the anchor huh? of that, that O-line um, um, right there and now um, for their future and going forward. So those injuries have, um, have really hurt them and depleted them going into the season to start the season. Um, I hope Carson Wentz could, could have a turnaround this year and maybe show and exhibit some of the talents um, that he showed us when he was with the Philadelphia um, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so we, we have to see. It's going to be a wait and see a game. And I know Malcolm always um, uses the comment, your best ability is your availability. And so um, right now he's not available. And I think they were even talking about calling Philip Rivers up and see if he wanted to come out of retirement. Um, but we just don't know. And it's going to be a wait and see game. But listen, the NFL kickoff season is right around the corner. So whatever they're going to do, they better do it quick, fast, and in a hurry. I love their defense. Their defense has always uh, been solid. I know it was solid last year. Um, they're going to have to even um, be more effective this year because we don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback come week one. And if that, they have to go with one of the younger um, quarterbacks on that roster. Um, if they don't make any other trades, you're talking about that defense being on the field now um, a long time, and we know what can happen if the defense is left on the field too long. Okay, Brian. Uh, the team is ready to compete now. Um, all the pressure is on Wentz right now. It is all on his shoulders. He got a new team, uh, so there's nothing. A new vent, uh, new team, 
new location. So he has no excuse to hit the ground running. He comes in hurt. And something about this doesn't seem right to me. All of a sudden, they were saying he might be out five to, what was it, 11, 13, so whatever weeks it was. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, they talk about he might be ready for he week, might be ready one. week one. Yeah. Something's not right. I don't know. But to me, I know in these preseason games, which I watched a couple of, uh, G, uh, Eason, Jacob Eason and Engler, both of them played pretty well. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're doing in practice. And if they're practicing well and Wentz is seeing this, he may feel like this is happening all over again. I need to get on the field. I need so, to get back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know exactly what's going on internally, but with him not getting any reps and then the season getting ready to start, it sounds like it could be a recipe for disaster if he does start and start off poorly. So they need to decide, is he going to sit and they're going to start the other guys or what they're going to do? But it's definitely a make or break season for him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. They're so, going to have to start off with, I'm sorry. They're going to start off with uh Jacob Eason or Sam Elling, Ellington, Ellington, Ellinger, Ellinger, either one, because I mean, Eason a, is a good baller. He's from Washington. He can yep. ball. So yeah. messing around, he'll lose his job to him. It's just a matter of getting that kid experience. And mm-hmm. whether he's better or not, they don't need to know that right now. They just need to, need to get him experience so he can sit there and learn their offense. And they just don't want him to lose the game. They're not asking yep. him to go out there and win the game. Well, the way I see it, um, I would have went I, I would have went after Phillip Rivers. I would have went for a veteran quarterback. And here's the reason why. First game of the season, Seattle Seahawks. Second game of the season, Mm -hmm. Los Angeles Rams. Third game of the season, Tennessee Titans. Next game, Miami Dolphins. And then the Baltimore Ravens. Sound like a bunch of L's to me. Tough, tough, tough. Tough. That's what I'm saying. They're lucky now, to get one game. Wentz, They're lucky Matt. to get one. Yeah. So yeah. I I think I would have looking at that, and the doctor's telling me that he's going to be out four to five weeks. And me and Emerson discussed this. You go and get him. And if Philip Rivers could have, you know, stay hot and get me five out of two or six out of two, Philip Rivers stays the quarterback. Guys, uh, moving to the Houston Texans. <laughs> Terry. I think we may have lost Terry. Okay. Uh-oh. Malcolm. Houston, they're in trouble. With that uh, pending lawsuit slash allegations against uh, the quarterback, uh, they're in trouble, man. They're in trouble because there's bad enough that they had bad trades coming from their uh, – so-called coach GM, you know, and they're just, they're just in trouble because right now they don't have a, they don't even know if Deshaun Watson is going to start, you know, they don't even know if he's going to play. So right now that's up in the air because he might go to that. Was that that league protocol or that league when they hold you back six games or whatever, and they can't trade him right now Mm because he ain't worth nothing. Somebody going to fleece you for him. Mm -hmm. So they can't trade him. So it's just a matter of, you know, that team's in shambles. They're, they had t- people 
begging to get out of there. Even Deshaun Watson, Watson wanted out before all these allegations came about his so-called uh, massage problems. Mm. Emerson. Dysfunction, dysfunction, dysfunction. Seems like from the top on down, the organization has been in a little disarray over the last few years, not just more recent, but the last few years. Um, I think losing J.J. Watt, um, who was one of the, the voices in that team and in that locker room, he's no longer there. Um, who's there that people can lean on and look to right now for that leadership? Um, there's nobody there. Um, you traded away a top flight um, receiver um, last year for, we don't, we don't know. What, what was that about? Okay, now you have the Deshaun Watson situation going on. Um, all I can say, Tennessee, um, the Texans, Houston Texans, dysfunction. The organization just seems like they need to hit the reset button. I, I don't know what's going on. Every day I hear something in the news or see something, I don't know what's going on. So right now, um, I can't even comment um, and, um, correctly because um, I just see an organization that's in disarray. Mm. Terry, welcome back. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, hey, man, it, it happens, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm, the, I'm the one that always freezes all the time. I'm Terry, the tell me about the Houston Texans. Oh, wow. Uh, I have I have more questions than, uh, than answers about this team. Uh, biggest question is, is Deshaun Watson going to play this season? Uh, that that's up in the air. We don't, no one knows. Um, it's the biggest secret in the NFL right now. Um, no secret. Yeah. You think he's, you think he's done more like a mystery. Yeah. 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 <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Um, if he can't play, can, uh, who's going to step in? Can, uh, I believe they have Tyrod Taylor. Can he come in and, step up and get the job done. And even so, I mean, they lost two pro bowlers and DeAndre Hopkins and JJ Watt. Um, to me, they're set up this year for failure. Um, I don't think they're going to see any, their better days are behind them. It's going to take a long while. It's going to take a long time for them to get their franchise back up and um, back to where they used to be. They do have a good wide receiver in Brandon Cooks. Uh, he'll, he'll be seeing a lot of targets because he's pretty much the best receiver they have on the team right now, but who's going to get him the ball? Brian. The elephant in the room is, is Deshaun Watson. That's the elephant in the room. Um, even with him, I think that team wasn't going to make the playoffs. It was going to struggle. Exactly. So that's that's something to be seen and the team was half in half out you can see they was they got rid of their pro bowlers they got rid of Hopkins Watts um so they was somewhat in the transition of if they were gonna start to rebuild and not rebuild and you can see why Deshaun said he kind of wanted out anyway so with that I think that team is just 
trying to go through the motions. They did pick up a quarterback in the third round, uh, uh, Davis Davis Mills. And if Tyron, who's a reputable player, but if they are not going anywhere, they should just play him. Uh, I'm talking about the rookie quarterback, maybe halfway through the season and see what he got. Um, you have nothing to lose, basically, if that's the case. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about the rook, the third round quarterback, for one reason. You're going to have the first pick in the NFL draft come 2022. No, you think they're going to be that bad? They're going to be that bad. <laughs> so they're so they will have a chance to get a the first pick in the NFL draft for a new quarterback. I don't think they'll be last though, because I think Tyrod is he's a reputable backup. When you have no talent around you, you're you're at the bottom. And when you take a look, can they beat Tennessee twice in their division? Can they beat Houston twice in their division? So right there, you could be looking at five hundred. So I don't think they'd be the worst team in the NFL. Uh, the well, here's yeah. the thing: we're about to go into. I think that's going to be the worst team in the NFL. <laughs> is the Jacksonville Jaguars? There you go, Terry. <laughs> well, I, I just again a team with a lot of questions um, surrounding them. Um, can they put a team around their number one draft pick in Trevor Lawrence? Uh, can Urban Meyer make the adjustment from college to the pros? I mean, they do have uh, a mix of veteran and young players on the team. Um, they, they could be better than last season. I mean, you know, they were what one in 15 last season, maybe they win three games possibly. Um, but it's just going to be a lot of pressure on Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's going to get a quick, um, introduction into that into the league because mm-hmm. I see every team that that the Jaguars play they're going to blitz them. Um, one thing they can do is just kind of take advantage of his um, mobility, kind of get him in you know some bootleg, roll him out a little bit. Um, they could probably I with Urban Meyer um, and the offensive coordinator over there. I can't think of his name right now, but. I expect the Jaguars to run a lot of um, empty back, uh, empty backfield sets, a lot of three wide receiver sets to kind of get set Lawrence up where he can make those short to mid range passes um, where he doesn't have to take a lot of hits. Um, And they have a a good running back. um, Their first round pick, Travis Etney. You know, he's, yeah, he's good. Um, And he'd be a good third down back too as Mm -hmm. well. Um, and he could be a matchup uh, nightmare for, for linebackers and DBs because um, he's just that versatile. So their defense is the biggest question mark, too. Um, they got shredded in the preseason game against uh, the Browns, and I think they gave up like 300 yards, and Baker Mayfield never got onto the field. So, you know, mm-hmm. we'll see. it's going to be a rough season. They could end up being the worst team in the league. Yep. Malcolm. I'm going to give him a little more credit than that. I mean, Urban Meyer is a good coach. Whether he's a good professional coach, NFL coach is another question. He's definitely a good coach. I mean, 
the, the, the quarterback's pretty good. We know that already, you know, Trevor Lawrence. And I trust ETN. I think that kid's going to be the real thing, man. ETN from, uh, from Clemson, yeah, kicking yeah. ball. Yeah, that yeah. running back can ball. So I trust that. But the defense, like, like Brother Man said, Terry, real suspect, suspect. And let me say something. If Houston don't got Deshaun Watson, Houston going to be worse than them. Because everybody got one foot in the door, one foot out the door in, in yeah. Houston. So yeah. I'll give it to I'll give it to uh, Jaguars. I think they're a little more hungry. Plus they got new coaching, so a lot a lot of adjustments for them. Emerson, big fan of Urban Meyer. Always admire everything he's did on the collegiate level. Um, now he's making the trans um, transition to uh, to the NFL. Um, we know that everybody. Um, in the NFL every day, you know, there's no, no weak links out here. You're, you're playing against top-notch uh, pros week in and week out. Um, can he make those adjustments for his quarterback, um, putting him in the right position to make sure that he's able to succeed? Uh, we know that confidence is everything as a rookie quarterback. Um, you, you not only have the being the number one overall pick, but now you're the face of the franchise and you're the person that they're looking to, to turn this franchise around. So with a new head coach and a new quarterback, I think they have a lot of work to do. Um, I think they have some legitimate pieces that they can build around for the future. But this year, I don't see them making any noise. I think they will uh, be able to collect some more draft picks going into the draft next year that will be able to help them going forward. If we speak in, uh, we take check back with them in two years from now, uh, maybe three years from now. I think they will be one of the one of the top teams in that division. But right now, I, I think it's um, we're going to slow roll it. We're going to pump the brakes a little bit. We're going to give Urban Meyer a chance to adjust to this uh, NFL and give Trevor Lawrence a chance to adjust to uh, defensive ends and linebackers chasing him down from everywhere. You know, so I, I think it's going to be an adjustment period for sure. Mm. Brian. When I look at this team, I think of the first thing that you do when you go to learn swimming, tread water, just learn to tread water. Mm. And that's what they're going to try to do with this kid. Mm. Um, Urban Meyer, uh, my doubts are still out on him. There was a couple of things that didn't make sense to me. Then after it kind of happened, it made me rethink it. And that was with this whole Tim Tebow thing. Um, first I was thinking with a rookie quarterback, first thing you want to do, or the most important thing for him is having a good tight end. That's a safe haven, his drop off middle of the field. You want to have a good tight end. So I'm like, why would you have Tebow try to even fill that void or even make a roster at that position? And then after he got released, I had a, it kind of came to me, maybe I wonder if Urban Meyer thought of it in a way as if I draft T-Ball, it takes pressure off this kid during camp. Because you haven't heard anything about Trevor Lawrence, yeah. what he's been doing, exactly. how he's been looking. A distraction. It's all been, exactly. It's just been all T-Ball, T-Ball, T-Ball. So if he did that, that's great. And if he didn't do that, then that's trouble. Yeah. So we're going to see how that all comes out to play. Um, but this team is just trying to just keep their head above water and take baby steps and, and, and get this kid some more talent to go around them. I'm, I'm going to be real quick. 
I don't know what Urban Meyer is doing. He's not, and for me, he's not going to, his report card will show up at the end of the season. For me, one, why did you put Tim Tebow on the, on the team? He never played tight end. He wasn't like, wasn't like Tim Tebow was 22 years old. But you decided to put him on the team. The second is the linebacker that he sent to Pittsburgh. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Joe Sherbert mm-hmm. for a six-round pick. The rumor around Pittsburgh is that was a steal. Yeah, but we won't know. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. okay. <laughs> Excuse me again. Bless you again, brother. Okay. Oh. Hey, buddy. Hey, oh. hey, can you give us one more? One more, I gotta get some hand sanitizer for myself. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Put your mask on. Um, but the Steelers were able to get him for a six-round pick. And I'm gonna see watching the games this year. Was that a steal for the Steelers? Or was it a bus? If it was a steal for a six-round pick, why didn't you get more for him? Mm. So we'll see what happens. Well, maybe maybe Tim Tebow might be their place kicker later on this year. <laughs> okay, I mean, moving right along. I don't know. <laughs> let's go, let's go. Emerson, Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> oh, NFC South, listen. NFC South. <laughs> and listen, um, Atlanta, um, I, I just, um, I can't see them um, coming out of that division on top. Not, not with... Tampa Bay and um, what the Saint, the Saints always going to bring to the table. Um, I think Atlanta is going to be a competitive team. I think they're going to be a hard fought uh, team that's going to fight hard each and every week. Um, Matty Ice said he's not done. He said he still has something in the tank, but um, I just can't see Atlanta um, coming out. I, I believe they're going to finish probably third in the, the division somewhere, third or fourth. You know, I, I think um, actually the Panthers might might um, be better than them, honestly. Um, so I know they made some moves in the offseason. They had um, they had a um, pretty uh, a pretty good draft um, this year, but I just can't see them putting that all together to topple the Bucks or the Panthers um, down there in that uh, NFC South. Malcolm, Atlanta Falcons aren't gonna do nothing this year. Matty Ice is basically Matty lukewarm because they, they, they basically, uh, they, yeah, they picked up a tight end, but the best thing you can pick up is a tight end in the first round and, think you're gonna do something and, and got rid of Julio. Hold on. You got rid of a beast though. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you got rid of Julio. Nah, they ain't going nowhere. Like he said, they're fighting for last place with Carolina Panthers. <laughs> Terry. Um, I mean, like Malcolm said, I mean, they, to me, they made a big decision um, this year's draft by picking a tight end, which I guess they're saying, hey, we're going in all in with Matty Ice, Matt Ryan. Um, you know, he last year, he threw for like 4,500 yards, 26 touchdowns. And, it, you know, it's been said that the offensive scheme last year kind of held him back. We'll have to see. I mean, he's got new coaching staff, new coordinator. 
Um, and they're saying that this scheme relies heavily on a tight end, which it's good because they drafted a gem in Kyle Pitts, like Emerson said. Um, he can he not only can line up at the tight end position, he can line up in the mm -hmm. as a wide receiver. Yeah, and he, he's dangerous. dangerous. The problem is, you know, he's gonna have to grow up quick because uh, he's gonna see a lot of uh, double teams with because Julio Jones is gone. Um, you know, they I, I see them being average this year, like Emerson said, maybe third in the in the NFC South, possibly. But that defense, um, they're gonna have to improve their pass rush this year for them to be competitive at all. Brian. I think they're gonna sting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, but I, I like the pickup of pits. Nobody can deny that. But oh, if, if no you all in, and then you get rid of Julio Jones, yeah. it, it doesn't make no sense. Now, if you had Jones and Pitts, I'm going to say, oh, you're trying to go for it. But getting rid of one to bring in another one, and then you lose players like Alex Mack and O'Neal, it, it's just sound like another team that's just on the bridge of trying to find another quarterback. I wouldn't be like I said. I wouldn't be surprised if they even just lose and tank just to get a quarterback. They love Matty Ice, though. No, they love him. They love him. The, but he, the, he can't the, win. The owner loves him. Yeah. And to me, I agree with Brian. If you bring in the tight end and you keep an old quarterback, you keep Julio Jones so you can have as much firepower as you can. But they didn't do it. So. Good luck, yeah. Atlanta. I and see the defense you, stinks. I see you falling <laughs> about no third place. Uh, New Orleans Saints. Emerson. Hey, man, listen. Who's going to be the quarterback? We don't know yet. Um, I think we, it's a wait-and-see game. Um, I know Sean Payton, whoever the quarterback's going to be, I, I believe that he's going to have them prepared. Um, does he still want to use Taysom Hill with some of the gadget plays and having him all over the field? Um, we, we, we're going we're gonna to see. That, that's going to be a wait-and-see game, but I just believe that Sean Payton loves a challenge whenever his back is against the wall and whenever he needs to prove somebody wrong, he's going to come out fighting. He's going to put an offense um, that's, that, that's designed to uh, make both of those quarterbacks um, um, succeed. So whoever's in there... Um, so let, let's let's see what happens. Um, I, I just believe Sean Payton has something up his sleeve. Um, mm. So I think they're going to be right in the thick of things. Malcolm. Stick a fork in them. They're done. They ain't doing nothing. <laughs> I mean, James Winston and Tayshon Hill, they don't even know who they're choosing as a quarterback. They got two between them. And by the way, their best receiver, Michael Thompson, he's either injured or he ain't playing. And he wants to be traded. The only, the only weapon they got is Kamara. And wait till everybody start doubling and triple teaming him because them quarterbacks are going to throw interception after interception. Taysom Hill is just a gadget quarterback. Yeah. And it's, it's gadget quarterback. And like I said, their defense was never that great. They're good, but they weren't that great. But like you said, let that defense stay out there a long time and see how good they are then. You know what I mean? I think mm -hmm. once they get winded because that offense keep going three and out, mm -hmm. you'll see a different mm -hmm. defense. Ooh, Trust yeah. me. Terry. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's going to be, I, I think they're, they're, they're in for a rough year. Um, I mean, 
you know, because of last year with the pandemic, I mean, um, with revenue, revenue in the league being down, they had to clear like a hundred million dollar in salary caps, uh, um, off the books this off season. So they let some good, they had to let a, um, some good players go. Um, they, they need to figure out who their quarterback's going to be. Um, me, I'm pulling for Jameis Winston. I like to see him get that starting job. Yeah, me too. Because I feel like Taysom Hill is a is a, is a gimmick quarterback. Um, maybe he proves me wrong, but we'll see. I know Sean Payton has said, you know, Winston's got to prove himself. I know his contract is kind of incentive based, so maybe that'll make him, you know, kind of inspire him to do well. But um, and like Malcolm said, they have Alvin Kamara, but uh, if they don't have a quarterback to get him the ball and utilize his talent, it's going to be a long season for them. And Michael Thomas, he had surgery in the offseason, so they're not expecting him back if he is still on the team to like week six. Yeah. So uh, yeah. uh, this is this is one of those years where you I, – I think for the Saints where you're just trying to see who's who's good, who's not. So you can uh, improve in the future. Brian. And Sean Payton is going to have to put on his coaching hat, which he does offensively. He's going to have to do it offensively, defensively, anyway, by any means necessary. Um, Jamin Winston, he, this is his job to lose, really. Everybody got to see what uh, uh, Hill was going to be, how he played. He can win you some games, but he's not a starting quarterback in my eyes. So this is really for Jameson to either win this job or pretty much his career be solidified as either he's done or he just on somebody's roster as a backup. Mm -hmm. Um, They did report he did have some eye uh, laser surgery. So maybe he can see the right team colors and not throw so many interceptions. (laughs) (laughs) So, So with that, we'll see what they can do. It's gonna be bright. Well, I look, at, I look at it like this. <clears throat> this is Winston's opportunity. Mm-hmm. You can either make it, or you're gonna wind up being a backup quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Bottom line. Emerson. Yes, sir. Carolina Panthers. Matt Rule. Matt Rule. Matt Rule. Dollar dollar bill, y'all. Listen, he's a hell of a coach there, and he's going to have Carolina ready to play. I I know people are probably picking them um, all over the board of where they're going to end up um, when the season ends. Um, I know this. If you play against a Matt Rule team, you better bring it. I don't care what you did in the previous years, even if you're a Super Bowl winner, Tampa Bay, even if you're Sean Payton, um, I don't care. But listen, when you play a Matt Rule team, he's going to have his players ready to play. They're a disciplined team. He's a disciplined coach. He's an old school coach. And um, players are playing for their jobs the way it used to be back in the day. And I want to see that continue. He's bringing that style and that format of coaching. You know your job is on the line week in and week out. I, 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 I just believe... Carolina is going to surprise some people. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they're going to be at, but I just going to believe they're going to um, they're going to surprise some people. Malcolm, so give out. Malcolm, give it to me in a minute. 
they're very good. They're they're not they're not a bad team. They're definitely better than uh everybody think they are. Christian McCaffrey comes back healthy. He's gonna be pretty good. Plus they got you no know, Sam Donald. He didn't get a chance with the Jets. You know what I mean? So they'll they'll be all right. Mm-hmm. I think I think they'll do pretty good. They'll make some noise. Terry, I think they'll they'll do good. Um, we'll see. Sam Darnold, can he step in? Can he step up this year? Um, I think it's a make or break year for him. Uh, he could be a, a backup quarterback if uh, this is not a good season for him. But he's got some weapons in McCaffrey. Um, he's also got uh, one of his Jet teammates and Robbie Anderson at wide receiver. Robbie Anderson. And another good wide receiver, DJ Moore. Um, mm-hmm. And they drafted a rookie out of LSU, uh, yeah. Terrence Marshall Jr., this kid's got some talent. I mean, he went in the second round, but they're saying he's going to be special. So I think they can make some noise if they stay healthy and Sam Darnold steps up. Ryan. This is going to be my sleeper team. I think they did good in the draft. Um, they lost uh, last season eight of their games. They lost by eight points. And Bridgewater played well. McCaffrey wasn't there. One, no, they're either. probably their best player on that team, so Definitely. they only played three games. So Sam Donaldson plays well, which I think he will because I don't think he got a fair shake with the Jets. I, I predict this team to be uh, right in the thick of things. This is actually, like I said, my sleeper team. I I have Carolina coming in second in the NFC South. Emerson, yes, sir. Give it to me in a minute. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, we know they're the reigning Super Bowl champs. Um, they're they're going to be ready to play. I think um, Brady is still hungry, and he has something he wants to prove. Everybody keeps talking about his age. Um, I think he has something he wants to prove, and I think they're going to be right there. They're going to win the division. I'm taking Tampa Bay to win this division. Malcolm. No doubt Tampa's going to win this division. You know, they got every, all the starters back. They're a deep team, you know, plus they got that dude they call Brady. He only won, like, seven rings you know he might can play a little bit you know it don't seem like he's getting older it seems like he's getting wiser and smarter and he's just handing the ball off or throwing it away you know not only that the dude is just a winner so tampa bay is just tampa bay <laughs> terry uh i think this is tampa bay's division to lose uh i think they won the super bowl again this year again Ooh, as Malcolm <laughs> says, though, availability uh, is your best ability. So um, they brought back all their starters from last season. I mean, it's the first time since I think the Raiders did it in 1977. Uh, Todd Bowles is back. Uh, Byron Leftridge is back. They lost nothing. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they're tough. And, I, you know, it took them after the bye, the offense, to kind of start clicking um, and – they once they did, they got a rhythm and the same thing with the defense. Right mm-hmm. after that bye, that defense was stout. So yep. I think they they win it all. Brian. This is Brady and the bunch. This is what this is right here. <laughs> like T said, they brought back everybody. Um it just it seemed like Tampa Bay is they're going by the old saying of ride it to the wheels fall off. And that's what they're gonna do. And they got the same unit. They're going to be together another year. Might be even better. But we'll find the time catch up. 
and we'll see how that goes. I was reading about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in training camp, and Tom Brady went berserk on the team. Not doing it right. Do it again. You've got the Belichick in him and the competitive edge in him. Do it right. And when you've got a player that's saying, screaming like that at you, you got to think about that Super Bowl ring that you got and how many Super Bowl rings that he has that's telling you that. So I look for Tampa Bay to pretty much be in the NFC championship and mm-hmm. probably going back to the Super Bowl again. Guys, um, we're going to touch on this real quick. Do you, Shakira Richardson versus Jamaica Saturday? The pre-14 classic. Do you think she's going to light it up? I'm going to go with Terry. (coughs) I think so. Uh, I think she's ready. Um, She's definitely got something to prove. Uh, Not being able to uh, participate in the Olympics. Um, I believe she's going to win, but I tell you what, you're going to see a show either way. Win or lose, because the ladies from Jamaica are going to show up too. So, yeah, get, get your get your popcorn ready, get it ready. <laughs> and, your, and your corn ready. Yeah, <laughs> uh... Emerson. Listen, I think she she's ready to show up and show out, huh? And she's going to come and say, "Hold up, wait a minute, I'm here." Booyah. Malcolm, this is her money making event to come out. I'm gonna tell you right now, it won't be one, two, three Jamaican win. It's gonna be American in there somewhere, and I guarantee you, she ain't gonna finish no worse than second because she is definitely one of the fastest women in the world, and she's ready. She's ready. I, I got, I got game for. Hell, I wish I could make a bet on it. Goddamn, she want to. I want to bet on it. <laughs> Brian, um, as a sport fan. This is something that you just want to say. You, you want to see the best compete against each other. Yes, and yes. this event is right here. And if she does beat all three of the Jamaican women, wow, that, that would say something. Major. That would be something. It's got to be major. So, uh, I beat all three of them. <laughs> yeah. but, and, and you know... In sports, they're competitive. And those, the ladies from Jamaica are going to be like, we're not losing to her. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun to see. But yep. if, if she comes out and smoke them, they're going to be saying, I'm glad I got my gold. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Guys, good job. Uh... Malcolm. Yes, yes. Tell me how can I subscribe? Well, first of all, I want to let everybody know why you see me with this M on and this Morgan State uh, T-shirt on. Send my son back to school. You know, we got to represent our HBUs. Please support our HBCU out there. No, it's nothing like an HBCU. As a parent, as a proud parent, watching their kid go and enjoy it and watch these kids become 
you know, grownups and young men. It's mm -hmm. awesome. I'm telling you, it's absolutely yep. awesome. Absolutely. It is. Congratulations, too. Man. No, Congratulations. no doubt. And uh, thank you hey, again. Malcolm, for... Yes. And I'm going to say, watching your young man grow up throughout the years, he thank is you. a fine young man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and you. Good job. Thank you. did a good job. Nah, that goes to his mama. I ain't got nothing to do with that. This, well, <laughs> this is true. So <laughs> <laughs> he get all that good traits from his mama. <laughs> his brains and everything. They ain't got nothing to do with me. Oh, I might have to be the bad cop. I'm, uh, I'm, just, I'm just here to pay the bills. That's all I'm here to do. <laughs> That's all I do. You know, but, but you got good yeah. internet. Yeah, yeah, I get good internet. That's it. So, so that's about it. But no, uh, thank all of you for subscribing. Once again, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to Exo Sports Talk. Please, please tell a friend, tell a family member. And uh, please, like I said, we are on all streaming platforms. Please all look into all of them. And uh, once again, have, have a blessed week, blessed weekend. It's almost the end of the summer. We're just getting through this, but it's a, it's a great job. So uh, good to see it. Good to see and hear from everyone. Yep. 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 Yes. And guys, everybody. ladies, next week, Emerson has a song that he's going to sing for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so please tune in please tune for in. his debut singing. On Exo Sports it. Talk. You don't want to miss yeah. it. <laughs> I want to miss it. Emerson. I want to miss it. <laughs> <laughs> Emerson, right. see this out. On that note, we want to thank everybody once again for tuning into Exo Sports Talk. This was episode number 16. And like Aaron just said, you want to be there for episode 17. Next week, come back and check us out at Exo Sports Talk Live. Woo! We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Good night. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.